First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the den. Okay, let's remember how to do this thing. Welcome, listeners, to Podcast ONA. Hello, everybody out there. Which button is the record button again? Uh, is it the one that uh. says... Is it the one that's the giant square? <laughs> the giant square? Or is it this X in the top right corner? Uh, wh- which one of those does what I need? Oh, lordy Lou. Good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> it has been... It has certainly been some time away, that is for certain. Yeah, it has been. And, uh, we're all here again. Yay. Mazel tov. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, hope your holiday was well. Mine was well for the most part, though I had the fun shenanigans of waking up the day after Christmas, where it's like, hey, I should, we should be flying back today, and then getting the text. Hey, your flight got canceled. Yay! Was it the weather or was it or was it Southwest? Oh yeah. So that's probably what happened. Got some things worked out. Got to spend an extra day down with uh, Steph's family there. And they were heading in the direction we needed to go. I feel slightly bad I didn't have time to actually see you, Alex, because we were heading in your area. We were heading to your area. Oh, well, uh, you probably wouldn't have found me anywhere since uh, well, I live a very uh, slow and dull life here in North Carolina. But yeah, when we are less stressed with travel and things, if we have some time, maybe we'll run into each other one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. So, um, yeah, we've been gone for almost two months. What the hell happened? I cannot speak on behalf of all of us. I can only speak on behalf of myself because, oh, I'm the guy who sort of compiles all this together. The rest of these folks are just along for the very bumpy ride with me. Here's what happens. I got burned out. Plain and simple, I got burned out on a a lot of things. Everything just sort of collided in my brain at the same time, and it just sort of knocked me out for a a good while. So um, that's why we needed to take... An extended break from all of this. You you know the feeling when you just don't want to do anything or go anywhere or just... Really, all you want to do is just lay in bed and stare up at the wall for a couple hours before you drift off to sleep. Yeah, that's some pretty bad burnout for sure. Yeah. I am better. I'm ready to get back in in the swing of things. Well, thank you, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm also coming off of a. Uh, I don't know what I got, but but it knocked me out for a couple of days in in bed. So um, yeah, I'm getting better from that too. So uh, yay. 
Yeah, the holidays, I knew as soon as the holidays happened, there was going to be a bunch of people getting sick with all the fun diseases, including the vids. <sighs> yeah, I got that out of my system during Thanksgiving, which is very fun when you're about to travel back home and you get the call, hey, um... Yeah, you were definitely exposed because they just tested positive. It's like, fun! Uh, I, I guess that makes me the only one here who hasn't gotten it yet. Knock, knock, knock. I'm kind of impressed. I really genuinely I've am. I've gotten everything but it at this point. What do I have to do, universe? Should have gone to Times Square. Out in the cold for 10 hours? No, thank you. I mean, you could have maybe seen like a hologram thing that the gorillas did in December. Yeah. Now, I'm just content staying inside watching football. Uh, go Niners. And go Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, here we are, uh, about two weeks into 2023, and uh, going forward, because we've had some discussions, um, quote-unquote, off-air about some of our protocols here, uh, a couple things to note. As we move forward, as we continue to make shows for all of you to listen to, for the betterment of all of us and our uh, various psychiatrics... There have been some changes to how we go about this program. First, two shows per month. No more. That, that's about as much as we can commit to, given our uh, kind of chaotic schedules that don't seem to really align with one another uh, all that often. And in some cases are very unpredictable. Yeah, the service industry sucks. Back to my sympathy. Yeah, so yeah, that's about as much as we can commit to. Two shows per month, no more. They might not be in consecutive two week batches. We might you might have a show in the middle of the month and the end of the month, or at the start of the month and the end of the month. There's no real say. It'll, it'll just happen when it happens, when we can you know get a day sorted out to do all this. And the second, um, you know those super long seasonal shows that we've been doing for the last couple years that go on for way too long because we talk about every single show? Uh, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. It's, I, I know some people might be bummed about it, but I think I'm admittedly myself am less interested in sampling seasonals than I yeah. used to be. Yeah, this was talked about uh, with all of us. When something you like starts to feel like work, uh, that's when you have to sort of take a step back and reassess why you're into what you like in the first place. Yeah. I was definitely getting kind of burned out on watching anime in general just because it always seemed like I had to watch all the new stuff where whatever backlog I had was just <laughs> yeah that, that's been and me I just, too I just felt like I wasn't enjoying much that I was watching and it was you know 
I, I kind of got that impression with doing the seasonal stuff in general. And just to take a little peek behind the curtain, uh, the fall season shows we did, those shows were done out of order. We did it in uh, the opposite order. We did the second show first and the first show second. And it was a nightmare for me to try to schedule and align. Nothing went right for us. We'll figure out a plan as we go along, but uh, I mean, if if you really want to get a, a deep a dive into what's presented every season, just go watch Jeff's videos. Just go, just go to him. He's the guy. Mm. There's definitely people who are suited for the seasonal stuff, and look, let's if you want just a corner that's just us chatting about what we've been watching related to the seasonal stuff or just a general hey i decided to watch toradora for the first time or something like that just yeah no we we can dedicate a little corner to just shooting the shit about what we've been watching that'll be something that i hope that we'll hopefully try and do a little bit more of because we can't just keep being like you know a simple you know here's all the stuff that happened and yada 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 we, we gotta put a little bit of variety in there And I think this will do us better in the long run so that we're not uh, up until midnight talking about random Isekai Generator show number 76A24B. I saw people, the A&N also was doing great. uh, A&N does great work. I know people have opinions about certain, like, reviewers there, but, like, a lot of the... uh, the winter preview guides have been fun for especially a couple of them. Um, it was very fun to see people literally just going to some of these uh, isekai adjacent shows and being like, this looks like it, a fucking AI just made this. Yeah, so you're not starved for options. You have much larger options compared to us, relatively speaking. Like, we're the equivalent of a small town community college anime club here. This is what we do. And we're okay with that. We have we have our own, you know, outside interests and vocations to, you know, worry about. So, um I I guess just to give an example of what I'm implying by this. How about that uh, Gundam Witch half season finale? Oh, I just gotta say, I haven't even been watching Witch from Mercury. I literally cannot avoid spoilers for Witch of Mercury. It's It's been a long time since I feel like I've watched a show every week just by the amount of people talking about it or drawing art of it. Yeah, that, that was the moment when everyone realized, oh yeah, this is a Gundam show, I kind of forgot. High school thing with cute girls or whatever. Who cares? What, what about what about me? Said the old Gundam boomer man, and it's like, f- f- bro, new people is fresh and exciting. And yeah. B, all you had to do was just fucking wait. Christ, yes, have some patience. Some of you out there watching Trigon. Okay, so, oh God, where was I going with this? Anyways, what's from Mercury? Who wants ketchup? <laughs>
I don't know how I've managed to avoid spoilers. I want to see child soldiers murdering people. And then you get it. Uh, uh, oh, 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 I, I, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, Jet, you, Jet, you've been, you've been keeping up with Witch from Mercury Weekly, right? I will say I've kind of been getting my weekly dose of murder from a Keepa Maid War. <laughs> uh, more on that later. Which is... Uh, yeah, but I've been enjoying uh, Witch of Mercury a lot. It's uh, definitely been... Um, it's uh, definitely got in some interesting directions uh, going... As, I mean... I mean, uh, Utena but in space was uh, certainly an approach for like the first few episodes, and it's gradually gotten more gun to be. And uh, the latest episode was definitely very gun to be. So, uh, yep, uh, real curious to see what happens with that second corp uh, in. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be spring. Mm-hmm. It it is confirmed to be the spring. I remember it's the spring. Because something we're going to be talking about later is related to that time slot. But yeah, I, I like what I've seen of it, and I'm still God, when that dub drops, I'm gonna I'm, i I fucking want oh, that so bad. Yeah. I'm very excited to know who's going to play the tomato with anxiety and her angry Sundari cockatiel wife. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Which I think I only just now learned her name is Miorin. Like I like I only just remembered that. I've always been calling her Angry Sundari Cockatiel Wife. Cause if the shoe fits, the shoe fits. Yep. The shoe. Yeah, and uh if 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 the glove fits, um splat. Yeah. It's very nice to see a Gundam thing not only this big, but actually, like, I'm seeing a lot more people, like, engaged talking about this one than I am even, like, a lot of the bigger ones that came out during the fall. <laughs> Except for maybe Bochi, which, good for Bochi being the surprise hit nobody saw coming. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, that, that'll give you a little bit of a taste of what we'll try and hopefully uh, do going forward. Have a bit more standard conversation just you know sort of off the cuff in that in that kind of manner because um god knows we can only talk about so many shows for 27 minutes before we start to lose our yeah my media diet this week has been requiem of the rose king and kim's convenience Two completely different things on the spectrum entirely. <laughs> and I've started watching ER. I figure oh. if I do one episode a day, I can finish it by the end of the year. Oh, wow. Have fun with that. It's a very good show. A, yeah. So, yes, we are now back in the swing of things for the new year. Who knows what this year will bring us? Like, there are so many variables up in the air that we will talk about later, but uh, I guess we'll just take this uh, one step at a time, one day at a time. Like any uh, coverage show about the state of an entertainment industry, it's basically just the terrifying boat ride from the Willy Wonka from Will Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There's no way to know which way we're going. 
Is it raining? <laughs> is it pouring? That that one. It, it's like that. It's always like that. I almost confused which one was the original, Willy Wonka or Charlie. I'm a little out of it. The the book was called Charlie. The movie was Willy Wonka. And then the remake of that movie of we don't, the book we, we, was we, Charlie. We just we we just not talk about that. Anyways, <laughs> fucking yeah. There's that good uh, nonsensical rambling to to uh, kick us off here. Mm. And so we shall begin with uh, a good slate of stuff to talk about, including the return of List Mania, because, yes, uh, uh, List Week came and went, so we gotta catch up on all the lists. As you do. Yes, but in what seems like it has become very routine, we have to talk about yet another passing... And it's a pretty notable one. Yuji Nunokawa, the founder of Studio Pierrot, passed away on December 25th, Christmas Day, at the age of 75. What I understand, there was no cause of death publicly listed. So we don't know if this, if this was illness or natural causes or anything in between. Either way, the founder of Studio Perot is a very grand, notable title in and of itself. I know they're a sort of contentious name for a lot of anime fans, but honestly, they're a big studio. They've been around for a long time, and they have made some of the biggest anime in the goddamn world. Like, there's kind of no overstating that particular element of Perot as a as like a studio and a company and I have nothing but respect for uh his family in this time of grieving about his passing. Mhm. Here here. Rest in peace, sir. Yes. I mm. I, I remembered an anecdote that Stephanie Shea had posted about actually getting a chance to meet him. And, like, the guy actually recognizing her work as Hinata in particular, basically saying, like, she was just as much that character as the Japanese Seiyu, which was, I'd imagine, very wild and humbling to to hear as an actress. Mm. So, rest in peace. And thank you for everything you've done, sir. Mm-hmm. Nice. Your legacy live on with the many works of uh, Studio Perot. They've been in the game for a long time. Founded in 1979. Jesus, wow. Yeah. Yes, and so we carry on with our next uh, topic of interest here, and one that's a bit more celebratory. So the One Piece dub has kind of been speedrun mode, if you haven't noticed, over the last couple of years. They've caught up real quick. Now I think they're within 100-something episodes. Um, so it was confirmed like a few weeks ago on the One Piece podcast that the main director of the dub right now confirmed that they were on the raid of Onigashima, which somebody looked that up, which was like around... The 970 mark. So that's like a good 
50 to 60 episodes even of what's currently available that is presumably already dubbed at this point well even faster than i thought so we are we are we are under a hundred episodes apart and it sounds like the goal is by the end of 2023 to transition one piece to hit simul dub status that is very impressive considering the uh, history of the one piece dub production the very tangled history of the One Piece dub production. Uh, I am so, 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 so tired of talking about that. Yeah, aren't we all? But uh, it's, it's. I feel like it's also worth remembering at this point. The Funimation dub is arguably been going on longer than any part of the Four Kids dub, in that. The end of 2022, I think we have been... The dub started in 2007. Yep. So it has been more than 15 years. Yeah, so for the love of God, please set it up about the fork his dub. Unless you want to post random clips about Mark DeRyson. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's terrible, but otherwise I don't want to hear about it. It's, yeah. No, I, I completely understand. At this point... One Piece has come back as far as a big IP. Like, it took a bit to get there, but it is now at that status globally, financially, everywhere. Yes, it is very good. But, uh, yeah, just imagine what would have happened had they not have had to wait four years. But we shall digress. This is cause for celebration. As we have a very interesting role with an even more interesting uh, actress to the name. As the voice of Okiku, Kaylee McKee. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so I remember saying, I don't actually know if I said it on this podcast. I remember saying my concern about the casting of Okiku and in turn the casting of Yamato was dependent on. Who had more say? The staff at Funimation, Crunchyroll, or Toei in regards to the casting? Because I had faith in the staff heading up One Piece, which is Anthony Bowling, Mike McFarlane, and now Emily Fajardo is stepping in as the third main director of the One Piece dub. Congrats to them. Um... I, I have faith in them. I have more faith in them than I did Toei. I'm glad to see that they came out for this, which is notable because uh, Okiku is a trans woman. A trans woman, a uh, swords, swords woman. Mm -hmm. And they, in turn, got a trans actress to play the part. Mm-hmm. I love to see it. She's a very popular character. Kaylee is a fantastic actress who's been absolutely killing it. Uh, you'll know them as Pina in Beastars. You'll know them as the wife guy in Sasaki and Miyano. And yes, Yuta in Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Mm. Yeah, this this is uh, very wonderful news. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah uh, extremely cool they did that. And uh, now let's just hope lightning strikes twice. 
we shall see, but I it it restored my optimism for that one in particular. I will tell you that. As a, uh, as a, uh, yeah, as a, I mean, it makes me feel a little more positive, but I feel like that one, Zoe might be more heavy-handed. So I'm, yeah, wait we'll wait and see. But I'll say this: if they are in fact in the nine seventies. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, they've definitely cast them already. They have already cast Yamato at this point, yes. Yeah, so uh, if any of y'all are wondering where to find these new dub episodes, you gotta buy them on the Microsoft Store of all places. They have just added the Reverie arc to Funimation. You can watch up to the end of Any's Lobby arc on Netflix. And none of the current dub of One Piece is available on Crunchyroll, which is notable because Funimation is supposed to be shutting down in a year or so. So, yeah. And that's why I still have my subscription activated, because I can still use the app on my TV. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there that is that. And, uh, yeah. Very, very good news. So, let's get into this next story with uh, a preamble about retirements. Because there is something that popped up from Variety today uh, that sort of caught my eye. I think I figured out why Tom Brady decided to unretire. He invested money into FTX. Ah. Presumably a lot of money. See, I see, I decided I really missed the game. I missed the field. I missed the players. It's truly because of that and not because I fucked myself. 1.14 million common shares of FTX stock, which. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't invest your money in monopoly money. You're not for, you're never you are never gonna get it back, especially now. But uh, don't worry. I, I'm sure they actually they're gone. But I'm sure Coinbase, after laying off like a thousand people, are gonna put up another TV ad saying, "Don't worry, everything's fine. G- invest your money in us. We'll take care of it." And yeah, we know how it goes. But uh, uh, oh, right. I was talking about retirements. Uh, so yeah. Um, some people know when to retire. Some people decide to invest their money into uh, uh, bullshit bank fraud schemes and have to possibly unretire to uh, make sure that they can still get paid. And then sometimes, well, sometimes it just happens way too long into a 10 year old's life. So it was confirmed last month. Ashton P. Ketchum is finally getting his gold jacket and is going into retirement. He's, I think they ha- they're giving him one last arc. Yes, they are doing. They are doing um, eleven episodes. Yes, eleven episodes of a side series that possibly ties into the reboot movie canon. Is that, no, 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 it's no, no, it's still the same kind as the main TV anime. Uh, what you're thinking of was the special that aired like a week or two ago. Oh, oh, that's what tied into it. Okay, this is different. Okay, I got it. I got it. I saw he finally got to see his Butterfree again. 
but yeah, not his that. dad. That fucking bomb. That fucking bomb. <laughs> Would you believe me that I've been seeing art lately of Jesse becoming his step parents lately? <laughs> I'd believe it. And I don't hate the idea. Anyways, <sighs> uh, so yeah, for realsy, Ash won the league and is for realsy going off into the sunset with in the spring a new series with new protagonists is going to begin. Yes, a new ma- a new main character whose genealogy is yet to be determined. Mm. Oh, you're talking about how everybody's speculating that that might be like his kid with somebody. Mm. I mean, we won't know until it starts, then we'll find out like a year later when it pops up on Netflix. Schrodinger's 23 and me, I guess. <sighs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, even if this does end up taking place in the, uh, because it's like anime continuity, I'm going to either A, she's not related, or B, if she is related, they do what I prefer to, what I lovely refer to as the Metal Lee method, just, you never, ever mention who the mom is, you just don't. This is a really dead horse, but it's kind of ridiculous in this day and age that Pokemon still does not have a simulcast. It like it is literally breaking world news that Ash won the league, <laughs> and that is money that they are throwing away because it is not simulcasting. One day they'll figure it out. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is weird because typically speaking, they probably could simul dub it like as I uh, like. The dub and the suburbs had actually been pretty close behind each other in recording time for like the last decade okay. or so. So like, the final can... the the final eleven episodes begins starting this Friday. Yes. Yeah. That is sooner than I thought. Mm-hmm. Not that I've really been keeping tabs, but Yeah, uh yeah, at this uh, last arc is starting on Friday. Uh, we'll get it sometime soon over here. And the new series will officially begin on TV in Japan in April. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that is that. Happy retirement, uh, young Mr. Ashton. Hopefully, uh, by the time we get to April, you'll celebrate your 11th birthday. Yeah, that would be good luck with that. That would be pretty wild. Yeah, or maybe Ho will arrive and reverse the curse after all these years. As, uh, uh, it's funny you say that because Ho actually showed up at the end of Journey, so. Okay, so they know. <laughs> they are giving him as sendy a send out as they can send. Yep. Will he get his revenge on that flock of Spiro? Didn't Pikachu just murk them all in episode one? <laughs> maybe, maybe. They got wiped out like Porygon. Uh, Final episode, he buys Misty a new bike. Uh, I mean, and then okay, the bike I mean, will I- have a ri- the bike will have a ring on it, and that'll <laughs> literally make everybody lose their goddamn mind. Especially all the Serena stands out there, which I will laugh. No. He he will present Misty with the GS ball, which will finally open, <laughs> revealing 
their wedding ring. I mean, I hate to be the well actually. I mean, I hate to be the well actually guy and show how dirty I am, but like the bike thing was resolved. Like, I did not do it, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know what? It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I have I have no stake in any of the pokey ships at all. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kind of in enjoyment. Yeah, like, yeah, and I'm like I don't care about any of the ships at all. I'm just mostly curious to see if like I don't know we get like older Ash at the end of it or something because that would be pretty wild. Can you imagine Ash like actually like mid twenties to thirties? I do not think the internet could handle it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We shall all find out in due time, and if something does happen, I'm sure it will uh, be spread all over the internet. Like all, all the all these things have ha- have been. Anyway, uh, there is one there is one other thing before we move on, as I because it's a more important question. Like, forget about Ash. We need to know what's going to happen with Team Rocket. Yeah, are they going to go to the farm upstate, or are they going to actually get? Some sort of closure too. Yeah. Maybe they'll just finally retire and go buy a, a a cabin in the mountains and enjoy their life together. That would be nice. That would be nice. <sighs> All right, enough of uh, that wishy-washy talk. Now it's time to talk about the perils of big business once again. So, fun fact: when this news first broke out. It was like a week into the, okay, we're going to not do any shows for the rest of the year. And then this <laughs> broke, and I literally was like, fuck! Yeah, well, Alex, this broke, we, and then so did we. we <laughs> I was literally like, Alex, we might this one might actually be big enough that we might have to reconvene. And then you're like, fuck you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was, I was not going to get, get, get I was I was just not going to commit to anything until you know, more time was spent away. But uh, yeah, we're a little late on this, but here, here's the skinny. Back in November, Disney announced a partnership with Kodansha, specifically for television anime productions, one of which has begun now on Hulu, Tokyo Revengers Christmas Showdown arc. Which, to say it was a big what-the-fuck that Disney Plus and Hulu got the new season of Tokyo Revengers out from Crunchyroll was kind of a big, uh, freaked everybody out development. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently uh, Crunchyroll didn't grandfather clause themselves into that license, so I guess Disney just decided to stipe it. Because, you know, if there's one anime that I would expect to show up on Disney Plus. It's Tokyo <laughs> Revengers. Well, internationally, for us, it's just, uh, you know, locked to Hulu because uh, they don't know what they're doing with Hulu until uh, NBC is out of the picture. Uh, okay, 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 Alex, it's not that complicated. Like, the reason we're getting this stuff on Hulu is because, uh, because, like, whatever happens with the rest of the world is the rest of the world, but as far as the U.S. is concerned, Disney can't afford to have their brand tainted with anime that they can't control, so off the Hulu it goes. Which, can we just talk about the fact that very... We didn't know this when this was announced, but we now know this is officially Disney's first global simulcast. Yep. Because they realized 
oh man, we're gonna drop, we can't drop the ball with, like, the big sequel to the smash hit of, like, the past two, three years. We, 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 we fucking can't. So, I'll say this in regards to the Tokyo, I'll say this specifically in regards to Tokyo Revengers. I know people are concerned about the dub cast not returning should they do a dub for that. I have two points to that. One, it should not be a problem because the entirety of the Tokyo Revengers cast is California-based already. That one's kind of a non-issue. It might be a different studio, but you can absolutely get all the people back. And B, I wanted to point at a particular name who got a new job by the end of October after uh, dubs for uh, Black Rock Shooter and Summertime Rendering were already greenlit. And that is one Ruben Lack. He is the now the senior manager of English dubbing over at Disney. I point out that he was a project manager and even a voice director at SDI Media slash Iuno for the past couple of years because the past couple of dubs that that studio did at Netflix, like Beastars Season 1 and 2, Record of Ragnarok, High Rise Invasion, actually got pretty experimental with the cast and crews they brought on, kind of embracing uh, remote recording and all that, even people from the Texas area getting in, like, Union Netflix dubs. I have faith that that dude is going to get the right people back for Tokyo Revengers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, but uh, one thing I want to point out, uh, it, okay, I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything, because, I mean, it could just be him assuming stuff. But uh, it was at least a couple of days ago I saw AJ Beckles, like, tweeting about the new season, and so he was ready to record it, so, uh, yeah, I'm not too worried there. I think it's basically just he's waiting for the call. It's as simple as that. I, I'm not worried about the cast consistency for this one. I was more worried about the case of, are they going to actually commit to this being a simulcast? Which we now know they are. They're first, in fact, which is pretty wild. The other thing I think that happened when people saw this article, they thought, Disney has a partnership with Kodansha to co- co-produce a growing slate of original animes for their services. What that means is there will be some future titles with Kodansha involvement that will be Disney Plus and Hulu exclusives. What people assume this to mean is now every single Kodansha title is going to go to Disney Plus and everything that was a sequel by another company is automatically going to Disney Plus and Hulu now. No ifs, ands, or buts. Which is not the case. Yeah, I doubt it. I get why people would get freaked out because Tokyo Revengers is kind of a big power play to make. Rightfully so. And I get why people would be freaked out about that. But yeah, we we know Tokyo Revengers is indeed a big power play move to make. And yes, Disney is indeed a company with a lot of money and a lot of influence. But there's also a lot of other shows and a lot of other partnerships that are still valued. And not to mention Kodansha is not 
the only party involved with these anime. Like, they are a manga publisher for a lot of different manga and light novels. But there's also a lot of other companies involved with things that Kodansha anime produce. Hell, even the upcoming spring season, titles like My Home Hero, St. Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence, and A Galaxy Next Door, were all just picked up for Crunchyroll in the spring. And those are all Kodansha manga. The only interesting one that's in the immediate future that I'm looking at and being like, okay, that could be interesting, is Eden Zero Season 2. That one is, I'm going to say, is 50-50 on whether or not Disney poaches that from Netflix. So yeah, that's kind of all we know. All we know is that this is a big power play, and it could mean some notable titles in the future go to Disney Plus and Hulu. What it does not mean is that this is an exclusivity deal that means every single thing that has Kodansha attached to it is going to Disney Plus and Hulu. Like, Vinland Saga... Nagatoro, Inspector are also this season as well. And in the case of fucking Finland Saga, there's more <laughs> than one company with uh, that one. That one's a uniquely wacky one. Funny how some of these things work. Yeah, the fun thing about doing this show is that there's always weird new developments. This is just the newest, weirdest one. Anyways, uh... We will have to see what comes of this in the future. Admittedly, I remember seeing something from the, uh, uh, oh, what am I blanking on this? Uh, so the author of Quintuplets, I, I don't think you have this on the docket. Uh, the author of Quintessential Quintuplets has a new Super Sentai based manga that just got announced for an anime. It, and it, that's being directed by the guy who, who directed the first season of Tiger and Bunny. That one strikes me as something I could see Disney Plus and Hulu's going for. We'll see if I'm right about that in the future. We shall see, because uh, if there's one thing to say about the future and in terms of the entertainment industry is that it is uh, very fluid, very volatile, and very... Very stupid right now. Who needs stability? Who needs job security? Uh, Who needs a resume for why there is a blank spot on somebody's resume after spending two years working on a project and the project literally just got tossed out for money? I'll have a much larger point about all this in a moment, but first let's establish some context here. Uh, Pantheon. An original production from AMC Plus and High Dive uh, premiered uh, in the fall, and <clears throat> even though there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it, it was very well received. It was a very good animated sci-fi show. A second season was produced. However, because AMC Networks is in the middle of cost-cutting, they have not only canceled <sighs> it, they have pulled it from all platforms, including AMC Plus and High Dive. So, this is more of a general thing, not just this, but do, 
Do people realize with new IPs, you need, you need some time to build an audience, right? Like, you can't just keep canceling things after a season or maybe two if they're lucky and expecting that people won't realize why should I start this thing and get attached if it's already been decided to be cancelled? That's why less and less people are watching new Netflix shows. <sighs> it's, it's like they're doing it to themselves at this point. It's like, well, people only buy new IPs. And it's like, yeah, because you're not literally allowing anybody to build up new IPs. Rip and rest, rest in peace inside out, too. Fucking Christ. Yeah, so... This is where we stand with all these platforms going into this year. We're on the verge of a bursting bubble. Just oh, across, yeah. across the board. There are problems with how the <laughs> quote-unquote streaming landscape is being played out. If you want a show to succeed, there's one thing it needs, and it's the one thing that a lot of these platforms are not giving it. Advertising. You have mm. to promote the stuff you have. Take out television advertisements. Buy billboards. Put stuff in you know digital magazines. Banner ads on websites. YouTube ads. Promote your stuff. Because if you're just relying on a small audience and goodwill, the higher-ups are not going to really look at that and see any kind of quote-unquote retention or quote-unquote growth from it. Because all they care about is the bottom dollar. And the dirty secret about these platforms, they are big money losers. Whether it's Netflix, whether it's uh, Amazon, whether it's Comcast, whether it's even Disney, these companies are spending money and losing money. On all of this, from production costs, R&D, distribution, they're not making as much money as they would like to. That, this is across the board, especially with how ad rates for, for TV are just shrinking because people aren't watching TV anymore. Not as much as they used to, outside of outliers like you know live sports or Yellowstone, even though like, a sizable portion of Yellowstone's audience are... Um, I see this eloquently. Old people. Old. They're the outliers. If you want productions to succeed on these platforms, you have to promote them. You have to give them time to grow an audience. You cannot ax them after a second season that's already finished. Because now, no one's going to see it. Now, they might ship, they might shop it out to other networks and platforms, but the odds are very good. Nobody's going to see this show now. And that benefits nobody. It really doesn't. It's so ridiculous. It, it's, I, I, it's... It feels rampant across the board. Like, it, like, you could bitch at AMC for this. And you can. Also, I'm not even going to be, play the card of, oh god, is Sentai and High Dive going to be okay? It's like... That's not even the fucking conversation right now. 
It's the fact that, like, original productions are getting scrapped across the board everywhere. Everybody is bleeding and trying to figure out any way to scrape up anything close to being out of the red. And that's to fucking kill everything. And how do you build any sort of audience following fucking anything if you're just going to teach your audience never get attached? It's honestly more of a rare conundrum if a show makes it past season two nowadays if it's on a big streaming service. Sadly. Uh, yeah. This, this sucks. This fucking sucks. All this does not bode well for uh, the TV industry as it stands right now, whether it's on these platforms or even. Regular broadcast TV. They have nothing. They're just doing whatever they can to get some viewers. Like NBC, they, they have, in, within this season, the 2022-2023 television season, have launched or will launch reboots of Quantum Leap, Magnum P.I., and Night Court. The reason why is because they need something to hook some television viewers in. So, to hell with originality, go with familiarity. That does not bode well for the creative process if you're trying to get a, a television project off the ground running. Because you, you have to either try and sell it to a network that doesn't want it, or sell it to a platform that will cancel it after three months. Hmm. It is going to be a rough year for the TV industry. I'm just saying that right now. Oh, yeah. Be prepared for shit to go down. I love talking about media in the year of our current Lord 2023. Don't we all. So let's bring in some levity to uh, lighten our spirits. I would love some <sighs> hope. Fucking Christ. Yes, it is time for another lawsuit update. I can't believe we keep getting more. Yes, we keep getting more. So when we last left off, um, Dumbfuck McNugget decided, you know what? No, I don't want to pay everybody. I'm going to appeal this. That was on November 14th. And within about six weeks, we heard back from the Supreme Court of Texas, who, in a paraphrased form, said this. Sir, this is a Wendy's get out. Do, I feel it's worth reiterating, and I'm aware that Texas is a multifaceted state with many different types of people of different backgrounds, different ideologies, etc., do you know how fucked up it is, how fucking bad you are, that you have a case about, like, effectively women and, like, raising up a guy who was wrongfully accused and for that case to be thrown out in Texas's Supreme Court? You have nothing! You have so nothing that the state of Texas fucking is like, dude, just stop. 
It's embarrassing. Your balls are live on stream. Yeah. Uh, yes, I chose those exact words correctly. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, every point uh, was rejected. Uh, and the original ruling was affirmed. The appeals court also ordered uh, this motherfucker right here to, quote, pay all costs of this appeal. So, if my math is correct, it's been a while stuck in the math, but I believe at this point, we're now at the, the range of $500,000 total. So, like, there's a level of, like, why are you not cutting your losses at this point? What money do you have? What are you actually... What? Well, you know how it goes. Uh, you file a bogus lawsuit, lose, and then you have to basically hide all your assets in a trust, including possibly your house. It's so stupid. It's so fucking, fucking stupid. <sighs> Just imagine... What could have happened had... I'm, I'm going to name names here. Imagine what would have happened if he'd done the route of Todd Habercorn and Christy O.C. and just shut the fuck up for a few months. <sighs> it, it, it's, it, it really is kind of fascinating where it's like, do you... The more I'm realizing it, even if shit happens... You you're not guaranteed to lose all work. You still will have some people, some contacts who are willing to vouch for you in some way, some shape or some form. So you might lose a number of roles and you might lose a couple of new ones, but you might be able to get a couple of notable reprisals back if you play your cards right. Maybe even get a new role or two here and there. Vic Mignana had to be so right, and he kept going to the point that he was literally toxic for any and every production he would ever be in henceforth. <laughs> in any other case, you would try to surround yourself with people who will try and just make you better. In his case, he got hooked up with all the wrong people. And I do mean mm. all of the wrong people. The, literally everybody that's, that is backing him now is absolutely the scum of the fucking earth. <sighs> now, what have we learned here, kids? We've learned that if you're a complete fucking asshole... Don't try and file a bullshit lawsuit on the basis of a recommendation from a YouTube grifter asshole and a quote-unquote lawyer who works in real estate law. Anyways, fuck that guy. He's so irrelevant. It's, it's, it's watching a man melt in real time. Uh. A, ma a man who is like... God, how old is 60 years old? Yeah. He's going to be 61 in August. <sighs> um, unfortunately, since the real world uh, 
legal system is much slower than how it plays out on TV. We have to wait for a few more uh, hearings to get all the details sorted out. It's going to happen one way or another, Vic, so just get all your money ready. Girls gotta get paid. They damn well do. Bitch better have my money. money. Please don't call me on my bluff. Pay me what you owe me. Falling bigger than LeBron. Bitch, give me my money. money. Who do you think you're fronting on? Like, bra, bra, bra. <laughs> Let's talk about something that's not this fucking man. I'm tired of thinking about this fucking melting pile of Botox. We all are, but we have to stay with this until the very end. All right. It's been three years. Actually, we're going on four years now, but hopefully... Oh, fuck me. It is. Hopefully, we're getting close to the end. Oh, my God. When did... Oh, it actually is four years. Yeah. Oh, God. Super Broly premiered in January 2019. <laughs> Time is immaterial, but yeah, we shall move on to something a little bit uh, better. So yes, January 1st happened, and we got some drops on Netflix. Um, From Me to You showed up on Netflix in full, and so did, uh, not in full, but we'll get to that in a moment, Naoki Urasawa's Monster. It showed up on Netflix over here, citing that uh, deal we talked about between Netflix and the NHK. I think that's what it was. It was NTV. NTV. It's not the NHK. Uh, where, it's the where, NTV. Where is my brain right now? I've. If it makes you feel any better, I have made that exact mistake. Okay, with NTV. However, there is a catch. It is only the first thirty episodes. There is no English dub, but there is a French dub. So I. So, I remember talking about this with some people, and I believe I remember something along the lines of hearing that the international version had a different soundtrack? Apparently in parts. Okay, I'm being told that, yes, it did have a different soundtrack for the, that was dubbed when they dubbed it in English. So it's probable that's they, I don't think it's a matter of like Viz didn't give them the dub. I think it's a matter of the fact that you might have to do some fooling around with the materials to make that a thing, which God fucking help us discotheque. It's also very much a original materials kind of show. It does not look clean. It looks like, I think, like mid-2000s 480p, I believe. Yeah. Which, for, for all I'm saying, I'm not going to say it's a waste of time if they got the dub. This is the first time any part of Monster has been legally available to watch in the United States in over a decade. So, yes, is it a bummer that the English dub is not there and that it's not the full show yet? Yes. This is still something. 
It is not hopeless, and it is not nothing. There is something about Naoki Urasawa's monster that is finally available to watch after a decade. It is very good. We have not seen it uh, over here since it's uh, one and only television run on sci-fi that also did not get a whole lot of advertisement back then. I'm just saying... Mm. So yeah, uh, there is that. It is it is still an improvement. It is still progress. Hopefully, we'll get more progress going forward. We shall see. But either way, this is something, and I'll take even something. Yes. Yep. Something's always uh, applicable, I suppose. But uh, so yeah, we talked a little. We mentioned. Uh, Earlier, that about uh, this whole uh, Bochi the Rock show and how amazing it was. As it turns out, the Kisoku band actually made some waves in our plane of existence as well, as their debut album, which released on Christmas Day, topped the weekly Billboard Japan download chart. Holy shit. Man, Bochi the Rock really did come out fucking swinging. Hot damn. Good for them. Good for them. I'm glad the little Bochi Blob is doing her best and not dying. <laughs> yep, she is uh, doing her best, and I'm actually looking up uh, the Billboard chart as of right now. It's actually been number one for two weeks. Oh, fuck, wow. Yeah. Keep that momentum going, girls. You'll get a record deal in no time. Mm. Also, enjoy that uh, Yamaha endorsement money, Bochi. Oh, fuck, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That'll do you a lot better than that old Gibson will any day. And before we get to our slate of uh, show announcements slash updates that... Uh, we're gonna. That's that, that's certainly a pile. Uh, we have some good news. Premiering on High Dive this coming Saturday is the English dub of Akiba Made War, a show that you should all watch because it's absolutely mental, insane, and above all else, very fun. And I hope our prayers are answered and that they give this a retrofitted '90s ADV style dub. We will see. We will see. All I will say is. Um... The director of this one is notable because he was the guy that directed the new Shenmue dub and most to all of the new Knights of Sidonia dubs from Sentai. So, uh, let that wrong, set the tone for you. Wrong dub there. What? I mean, I mean wrong show there. Uh, he did he do uh, same thing Knights of the Zodiac dub. Didn't I say that? You said Knights of Sidonia. Oh, right. Fuck. I forgot the CG show was Knights of Sidonia. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he did that one, too, actually. No, but... that, no, no, that, no, no, that was in LA. I don't believe you. Johnny Young Boss was the lead in that. What the fuck are you talking? Okay, okay, hang on. Knights of the Zodiac, Saint Seiya, the CG show that was on Netflix and then was on Crunchyroll. He was the casting director on. As a, as a, as a, 
Okay, okay, yeah, see, without that, but you said Knights of the Dirty before, and I, not that, I don't want to go on that. Okay, I'm... A Game of May War! Cool! <laughs> I'm too uh, tired to argue the semantics of this. I just... Either way, what I the point I'm trying to get at is this dude has worked with retro-style stuff within the past couple of years. He's mostly a producer at Sentai, but he has worked on the new Shenmue, and he has worked on the new Saint Seiya-related affairs coming out of Sentai Filmworks. Mm -hmm. So I'd say in that regard, it's probably good hands. All right, uh, we have our list of uh, leads here. Uh, I'm going to go through all the names here. As Nagomi, Alyssa Merrick, as Renko, Chaney Moore, as Zumechi, Kat Thomas, as Sheepon, Christina Kelly, and as the manager, Teresa Zimmerman. I don't have anything prepared. I recognize Alyssa Merrick as uh, Aoi from Shirabako. Uh-huh. Chaney Moore as Renko. I believe that is... Oh, she's Dororo in the new Dororo. Yes, she uh, is. Yeah, which I have seen she was good at that. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Dororo in Dororo and Asada in O Maidens. And... Uh, okay, I'll take... Yeah. Um, Kat Thomas, I recognize as the lead in Girls Last Tour. She is Chi. Uh, Christina Kelly has been in a bunch of things at this point. Um, and Teresa Zimmerman is a name that sounds familiar. Not a me in your boy Kong Ming and Saki Kawasaki in my team romantic comedy snafu. Cool. Interesting cast. Uh, excited for this dub. This one should be a grand old time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it'll be premiering on Saturday on High Dive, so there you go. And one last thing, as we're doing the show while the Golden Globes are on, Indua was nominated for Best Animated Picture, but it lost to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. That would be the exact one I would have been satisfied with winning if uh -huh. Inuo didn't get it. So congratulations either way. Yes. I also uh, watched the uh, English of Inuo over the break. and uh, How was it? That was very good. I, I want to check that one out, too. That, that seems pretty inspired. I'm excited. Blu-ray comes out in two weeks. Excellent, excellent. All right. <clears throat> Oh, fuck, this happened during the break, yeah, too, didn't it? this happened as well. We gotta talk about Jump Festa. Oh, Christ, okay. Okay, cool, there's a post that has all of these. Yes, and we're not gonna go through everything, we're just gonna go through uh, the new announcements. I can at least briefly go through most of these, okay. but... Well, we're, we're gonna start with uh, this announcement here. Mission Yosakura Family will be getting an anime produced at Silverlink sometime in 2024. I am pretty happy about this one in particular. Yosakura Family is a manga that I won't say ever... It's not a series that I think is going to set the world on fire, but it was a very charming and enjoyable series with a good cast of characters that I, I always pleasantly enjoyed reading. As I also can say this, as I never watched Reborn, I never watched Katayo Hitman Reborn, and Jet, I know you have compared this show a lot to that for a particular reason. Um, yeah, mostly because it was similar to that 
it transitions from a gag series to a battle manga around the like sexy chapter point and just mostly never looks back. And it's it's been pretty good. It's been very much a wild, somewhat inconsistent ride, but I like Yosakura family and I've it's been going on for like three and a half to four years now, which in Shonen Jump terms means it's fucking ancient. So I'm very happy it finally got a chance at an anime. I'm not expect I was never expecting this to be like a big budget A tier priority for Jump. But I was also like making peace with it being like a C tier JC staff show. So the fact that it's Silverlink actually means it's slightly better than I was expecting it to get. Congratulations, Yozakura family. I'm excited for the new Shonen Jump audience to learn that the current trend in protagonists is just <clears throat> wife guy. <laughs> now, when you say just white guy, do you mean that, that, that wife. he thinks that he is... Wife! Oh, wife! Did you think okay. I said white guy? Yes! Yes! Are you fuck? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Wife! Enunciate your words, Andrew. Wife! I mean, it's a Japanese manga! What the fuck did- You thought it's- uh, but, uh, uh, It's okay, I know, I know what you meant. Thank you, Jet. Thank you. You should have said male wife. <laughs> anyway, Sakamoto- Whenever Sakamoto Days gets an anime, you motherfuckers ain't ready, just saying. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I like- I like this manga, happy to see it finally get an anime. Okay, yeah. Uh, we also got the official, official word that season two of Jujutsu Kaisen will begin in July. Which school honestly makes sense for the fact that um, it's air. It, that one is airing in the time slot that Gundam, which for Mercury, is airing. And while Gundam is on break, they're airing a couple of Gundam movie cuts. And then they're airing the second half of Witcher Mercury. Once that's done in April, Jujutsu Kaisen is going to take that slot in July. Which makes sense. And honestly, it's probably for the best, considering Vinland Saga and the new cooking isekai thing MAPPA's doing are airing right now. And Vinland's going to continue into the spring. With another MAPPA production that we'll be talking about in a second, also airing in the spring. And we still don't even know where Attack on Titan is. Oh, God. They're going to point it to fall, aren't they? Either fall or summer. It's it's like, at this point... Anyways, Jujutsu Kaisen is going to be interesting, especially given the fact that it's going to have to have a new director. Because Sungho Park left. Which we didn't go into a lot of the other Disney stuff, but his new studio has a Disney Plus original anime that they confirmed. Figured I'd mention that briefly. He's doing okay. He's getting Disney and Toonami money. Yep. He'll be just fine. And will MAPPA just be fine? I don't fucking know, but they're gonna keep going either way. The state of MAPPA is perpetually on fire. Nothing more need be said. And so we move on to another announcement. Uh, this looks nefarious, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Ron 
Kamanohashi, the Range Detective. This will be getting an anime produced at Dio Media. And what's interesting about this is that this comes to us from the creator of Reborn. Yeah, speaking of Reborn, kind of a f- fitting little segue there, I guess. Uh, so yeah, this seems to be a uh, mystery thriller manga that I believe has been a manga on Jump Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, basically a detective manga. I, I gotta give the author credit where it's due. She certainly is not afraid to change up genres. Like, like for for whatever rocky things I hear about Reborn or Eld Live, it's like those are wildly different series. It looks this looks like a wildly different series as well. And I think she also did a hockey manga too. Uh, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she did a hockey one shot that I kind of wish it become an actual series. Okay, it was a one-shot. So, she is absolutely not afraid to try new things. So, hey. Either way, this looks cool. This sounds interesting, and I hope it is good whenever that anime comes out. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I don't think there was a time frame announced. No, no there wasn't. Okay. Uh, I'm going to switch this order around because uh, some of you might be confused. Uh, you see... A third Blue Exorcist anime was announced, and the reason why some of you might be confused is that some of you probably forgot there was a second Blue Exorcist anime. <laughs> okay, you're doing a you're doing a bit. Got it. I watched all that second season, and I barely remember it. Uh, I so just, I I gotta say, like the approach they're doing is honestly like pretty confusing, frankly. So, here's the reason why- so, they have not confirmed what it is, they just confirmed it is a new TV anime production, but I saw people who are following the manga that the poster that they are doing is stuff after the arcs of season two. So, it is presumably a third season. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, see, I don't want to hear that one's that reasonable, on the other hand, like- it's, to me, it's kind of in the same realm of, like, uh, D. Grayman 2, D. Grayman Hollow. Like, enough time has passed, and honestly, for the like, would make more sense to just start over. Well, it I'll really say this. Here's the, here's the reason why I think we're getting this all of a sudden. The context is... This is about to hit 15 years of age. Uh-huh. The... The manga premiere per- debuted in April of 2009. Uh-huh. I'm convinced that this new anime project is going to coincide with the 15th anniversary of the manga. Yeah, okay, yeah, see, again, I totally buy that, which, again, brings up my point. At this point, it would make more sense just to start over. Perhaps, but honestly... <laughs> It's hard to say. God, it's wild how much time has passed in between, but either way, I'm not opposed to it either way. Actually, hang on a second. Uh, okay. We don't have Hanako-kun on here, too. They announced a new Hanako-kun uh, anime project, too, which I'm associating with this because they're pretty similar audiences. They haven't confirmed if it's a second season, but people are looking at the poster of the new Hanako-kun thing and thinking it is probably a second season. Neato. Cool. 
Probably going to have a different director because the director of the first Hanako Kun is doing the upcoming Shy anime. Anyways, new Blue Exorcist anime. Fucking sure, why not? I mean, just as long as you don't do the same horribly slow pacing of the second season. Uh, and, sure. And, yeah, yeah. See, this is kind of like my other reason for why I think it would make sense to start over. Like, Blue yeah. Exorcist. It's like Blue Exorcist. It's a solid series. I like it. It also moves very slowly. Yeah, remember, the first season veered off into anime-only territory, and the second season was basically what happens when you take a script for an hour and 45-minute-long shounen movie and stretch it out to 12 episodes. As, 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 it's funny you say that, because like I think way back when season one happened, like the original plan actually was to cover the arc in season two at the end of season one, but then the arc... Went longer in the manga than expected, so we got into the white God. Uh... Anyways, fifteen years of Blue Exorcist—that's kind of fucking buck wild. Ooh, but uh, yeah, now on to the uh, significant news: Spy Family. It's been doing great numbers, been doing great business, and it has been rewarded two seasons and a movie. Uh, okay, like, the second season of Aspen, not surprising. Like, of, of course they do that. The movie is... Uh, the uh, An original movie was like, wow, really? An original okay. movie was an original story by Tatsuya Endo. I mean, if you're going to go back to anime original movies, this is definitely the one to do that for. Honestly, Spy Family as a series... God, people will complain... People complain about shit being filler in anime all the fucking time. Almost every story in Spy Family may as well be technically a filler. Because people are assuming this is like a narrative thing when it's more of a fucking comedy. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, I enjoy Spy Family, but like, if you're here for the actual plot, it moves extremely slowly. It is, it's a silly time. It's also why I think everybody who's talking about the fact that the author hates these characters is full of shit, because they would want to move the story along. No, they are liking the story and the care. God, people... Oh, I've talked about this before, I'm not going to harp on it. Anyways, Spy Family Season 2 and a Spy Family original movie. Yeah, the, the Fortress family is really taking the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Yep. It's the best sitcom on television. Alright, so... I want to briefly go through some of these. I'm not going to spend too much time on a lot of these, but one or two I at least wanted to highlight. So, also in this, they showed off a, the theme song for the Black Clover Sword of the Wizard King movie. It comes out at the end of March. We'll see if they if they drop the ball on the dubcast or not. Okay, this one actually is worth talking about. Undead Unluck. Uh, it's coming in 2023. They revealed some more of the cast. And they revealed the crew. Which I actually did, in fact, want to mention the staff of this. Because it's a return of the staff from Fire Force. Including the same character designer and the director of season one and the person who did the music. That is an interesting, but actually pretty solid cast of crew to work on something like Undead Unlock. 
It also makes me think maybe that third season of Fire Force might be a little further out than we think it is. So I think there was a second director on the second season of that, but either way, yeah. Teaser trailer looks pretty good, and it's being produced by TMS Entertainment. So whoever the fuck's gonna get that, that's kind of fair game open season. Alright, anyways, uh, what the fuck else was actually interesting here? A uh, show called Hokkaido Girls are super adorable. Yeah. Hokkaido gals are super adorable. If you like rom-coms and gal girls, I'm told this is going to be good for at least the first season before it kind of becomes a little frustrating later on. It's being done by Silverlink and Blade. Uh, My Hero Academia has got a stage play. Chain Soldier, the new manga from Akamega Kills author, sure looks like something from the Akamega Kill author. Uh, Dark Gathering looks pretty good. Kaguya-sama movie. Uh, stage play. Film Red is a fucking huge, and they animated Uta as dressed up as a Santa. Ayakashi Triangle sure is horny. Uh, Too Cute Crisis is an anime about an alien girl who is going to destroy the world, but then discovers cat cafes, and then it's like, I don't want to destroy the world anymore. Uh, Dr. Stone Season 3 is coming out in the spring, and so is Hell's Paradise, which is the other MAPPA show airing in between Vinland Saga Season 2 and Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. They also confirmed that the Mashal anime is going to be premiering in April. So, and... Bleach Thousand Year Blood Wars second half in yeah. Also a big ass Naruto world popularity poll. So you and the winner of that is going to get a special story from Kishimoto himself. Oh god, I hope it's the rower. <laughs> I appreciate that reference in particular. God, what the fuck? I'm curious if there's actually an update on how those are going right now. The preliminary polls as of December 23rd is, uh, Minato is number one. Really? The fourth? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, which I am so deadly surprised it's, it's not Kakashi. Uh, actually, can you, what is, has that changed since the 23rd? I'm I, curious. I, what- I don't think we've had an update since then. Damn, okay. But yeah, I just, I, I don't, please don't let it be fucking Madara. Like, fucking, no. As, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think the last time we got an update that they not surprise me, the Mercedes had soccer was in the top ten. And Which I, is surprising. But hey, good, good, fucking, okay. Uh, let me see, okay, we can keep going, but that's all the stuff for, uh, uh, jump fast like the big ones I can see. That's as much as I can muster up. Mm-hmm. So we move on to an update. The other part of the uh, announcements and updates section. So remember a while back we talked about uh, Dragon Quest Adventure of Die uh, not showing up on the places where it was supposed to show up? Well, we have an update. It is now available on Hoopla. You can watch the first 42 episodes on there for free. There you go. Hoopla! 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 Hoopla!
blah. And all, all it requires is a library card because you got, that's how you uh, get into it. Excellent. Uh, Jet, you've been watching this, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I got the first 13 episodes off the Microsoft Store. I went and I'm quite a bit. It feels, it feels appropriately 90s, which I appreciate. So they understood the assignment. Yeah, like the sort of thing you would watch with like a bowl of cereal in your pajamas or something. Excellent. Excellent to hear. Yeah, good. They got the mood right. Something, it's something you'd want to watch in between Goosebumps and Power Rangers. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Now coming to us from variety of all places, as this was very expertly timed out to announce. Uh, so this <laughs> is re- this one is interesting, but yeah. go into it first. Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead it is getting an anime in July, and it is going to be between Viz and Hulu. Oh, here, as anyway. Okay, 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 okay. That's the okay, none of that is particularly surprising about its own. Like, as I said, like Viz has been using Hulu for their doublecast for like basically forever. That's not a particularly new thing. The only new thing was using Disney for Bleach, but that might have just been for like overseas stuff. What is actually interesting is that Viz is not a production committee for this. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about that in a real long time. So, last year, there was an interview with, I believe, like one of the bigwigs at Viz Media saying that they are not out of the anime game necessarily, but A, it's, it's, it's a very competitive market now, and B... If they were going to get into getting anime things, they don't want to get something that is just an anime title for a manga they don't have. They would want it to be a manga that they have access to so they could do a full-on cross-promotion type deal. So that brings to ZOM 100, Bucket List of the Dead. This is a... zombie comedy manga series from the author of Alice in Borderland and it is put out notably by Shogakukan or Shogakukan Shueisha Productions aka Showpro so jump titles are extremely competitive extremely in high demand and we literally just spent talking time about the big announcements from the jump side of the anime and manga industry now, Shogakukan, on the other hand, is not not in demand, but maybe not as big as like the biggest hits coming out of Shonen Jump and Shueisha. Which actually is a good in for them because they have a very strong relationship with that side of the company in particular. Plus, I've been seeing ZOM 100 like advertisements on ANN like since last year. And I even learned recently there was a video that Gigguk put out last year that was talking about the ZOM 100 manga and advertising and promoting it that was sponsored by Viz Media. So it's safe to say that this anime project has been in the works for some time now and Viz has been working hard on getting this done. It's actually pretty exciting to see Viz 
something come out of Viz's uh, anime, get an anime and cross promote it thing. And this is one I think I kind of want to look out for. It's a lot of similar staff from the Comey Can't Communicate anime, and it's being done at Bug Films, which is actually like one of the sub studios for Twin, associated with Twin Engine. So that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the PV looked really good, so I'm interested. This is one I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for, that's for sure. And this is a pretty powerful play on Viz Media's part. I'm kind of curious to see if this will go well. They're also going to have their biggest season ever. Or, okay, not ever. Their biggest season in several years, because in July they will have two anime. They'll have ZOM 100 and the second part of Thousand Year Blood War. Yep. They probably won't have the two Kaisen anymore, though, because God knows we can't have too much of a good thing going. I mean, they already aren't putting out Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, and it's very clear Crunchyroll doesn't give a shit about same season show like box uh, continuity. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't worry too much. Don't worry too much about Viz Media's uh, business. They have manga money. They'll be fine. They'll be fucking fine. They're at the if top. Anything, okay. They're at the very if top. If anything, it, it's just exciting to see them actually going hard on anime again. Like, maybe not like... Cr they can't go crazy hard. But, like, when they do, it feels like they're being a little more strategic about it. Which is pretty neat. Yep. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, if they need to release something on Blu-ray, they can always go. Uh, they can always uh, check out a couple of shows from Netflix, which uh, we'll we'll get to that later. I'm very curious seeing that ShowPro also ShowPro and Netflix they have a good relationship with. If they can put out like the Comey anime, like that would kind of work with their coat with their uh, cross promotion angle. Anything's too. possible. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, stick around through this in the summer and. Also in the summer, unfortunately, is something that got punted from New Year's Eve. So, uh, Fate Strange Fake, that was supposed to premiere on New Year's Eve. It didn't. There was a delay. It'll be coming out in the summer now. What they did in turn show was a three, probably what I would say is the first three minutes of the special and a extended three minute long trailer of the rest of the special. It looks great. It looks fantastic. Like it, visually, it it looks really strong. I could definitely see this having a troubled production if they wanted it to look this good, but also did not have the time because Anaplex and A One Pictures. I get it, but yes, this Fate One looks really good. This is the author of Bakano and Do Da Da Da. Doing a fucking Holy Grail War. It's also I cannot explain to you how fucking surreal it is watching a fate trailer with Sawano music, but it's really, really fucking surreal, man. Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, it happened, but, uh, you know, more time for polish is always a good thing, lest we forget uh... Should we rename the cyberpunk rules to the Pokemon rule by now? 
I don't even know, man. That game even... should not have released. It was not finished. The fucked up part is we all, we all encourage the bad habits in this industry, even if we try to at point to mm. God. Yeah, I didn't buy it. Don't blame me. In some way or another, there's no way to get out of your entertainment completely clean. Yeah. I I just know it, I hate that this is having a troubled production. I hope the team are still getting the recognition they absolutely deserve because watching this trailer preview, it looks fucking great. Also, they haven't confirmed it for like a full TV show, but the TV special is going to be episode zero of a full TV show. Let's be real here. Mm-hmm. We can only hope. So, so we move on. So, uh, Bastard, Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy. It showed up on Netflix last year. It was a good, violent, horny, fun time. And we now know there will be more, as Warner Brothers Japan announced that there will be get, there will be a continuation of the series. Basically, the uh, same shit. Same, same, I cannot talk. Same title. Bastard, Heavy Metal, Dark Fantasy, Suffix, Requiem of Hell arc. Dicks out for Bastard. Mm. Getting that late stage career resurgence. You'll love to see it. I'm still going to watch the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that that means uh, more uh, wonderful, uh, violent, horny, fun goodness for all, which is uh, wonderful. It'll be coming to Netflix uh, later this year, so uh, if Lightning Films can work on more of this and less on other things, I think we'll all be better off for it. Yeah, so I actually decided, I was curious about that, I was like, I wonder what the fuck... In uh, I wonder what Lighted Films is currently working on right now, because that's another studio that is doing uh, a lot of projects right now. You know what? Given what is on their plate, I hope they do as many projects as possible. Just schedule them all at once. Just do Bastard for the next five years, guys. Yeah, so on top of Bastard, there's Eternal Boys going on right now, Tokyo Adventures Season 2, which is going on right now, a show called Insomniacs After School in April, alongside the legendary hero is dead in April, and this Rurone Kenshin and Goblin Slayer Season 2 in 2023 with something called God's Game We Play with a undetermined release date. Ain't the anime industry fun? Oh, it's so fun, especially when you get news like this! Yeah, I saw this, and I'm like, who is this for? Okay, um... Who asked for another Senshi GXP anime? Uh, that one guy? That <sighs> one guy is, like, fucking eating... Here's the headline. Tenshi Muyo GXP Project gets new Paradise Shidohen anime. <sighs> okay. I never thought so many Tenchi projects would let me down after what I watched on TV. See, I, th- <sighs> the, I think their strategy is just lower the expectations so much that you won't even be upset. Here, here, like, I know I watched all of that garbage show as it aired on TV for some reason. 
It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Why is there more? Who asked for more? Was it you? Was it you, Kachishima? Did you ask for more yourself? Uh, apparently, from what I'm being told, this is focusing more on the lore stuff for whoever cares about Denshi lore, I oh, guess. Oh, good. We're getting more lore building like the fourth and fifth OVA series gave us. How fun. Yeah, so I guess for anyone who cares about Denshi lore, uh, there you go, I guess. Uh, we're going to get 13 episodes of them just sitting around talking for 25 minutes at a time, aren't we? <laughs> uh. Also, apparently uh, AIC is now owned by a common writer. Yep. Yeah, sh- sure. Why not, man? Whatever. <laughs> you think we're kidding? We're not. We are not kidding. We're never kidding. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Masahiro Inoue. He he is basically uh, the guy who is now the CEO of AIC and can do whatever he wants with these IPs now. Sure. You know what? Scratch it. Go. Craft the Tenti Boyer thing, just give us an animated common writer. With Blackjack. I mean, we have Futo P.I. I mean, give us another one. Okay. Okay, well, uh... After that baffling whatever, there's nowhere to go but up, so it's time to roll out the lists for our annual installment of List Mania, where we go through lists. Because people love lists. Hell yeah. Bring it on. List me, baby. All right. And we will start with a Japanese list. Coming to us from uh, animeanime.jp. So this is a, uh, a, fan cir- a, a fan tallied poll from the internet. Uh, Specifically, with 8,271 people surveyed. Yeah, so admittedly not a very large sample size, but uh, enough to really hone in on what the tastes were for uh, Oh, it's, oh, it's got data metrics. Uh, 55% being male, 42% being female, skewed younger, with 44.2% of those un- responded under the age of 19, 11 from 20 to 24, uh, so... So it actually, wow, younger, this is actually perspectives of a lot of younger people who took this poll. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so we shall, uh, uh, we'll go through the list from 10 to 1. Number 10, summertime rendering. So that is supposedly, allegedly, maybe coming out tomorrow, according to, like, some Latin American stuff. We'll add it in post if... Summertime rendering is, in fact, out by the time this comes out. Hold it! Yep, quick update. It is now on Hulu with an English dub in full. So, um, yeah, uh, there you go. I- I- enjoy it! Cool! Yep. More people would have probably talked about it if Disney didn't fucking botch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, number nine. My Dress Up Darling. A show I really did not expect to like as much as I did, but I'm really happy that that one turned out as big as it did. Good good for you, Marin. 
Number eight, Mob Psycho 103. Mob ended mobbly. Yep. Congratulations, right. Mob. Yep, I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Neither have I. Yeah. I just don't have the time at this point. That one's better call Reagan happening. <laughs> I, good, I'm just going to watch, like, there's so much Reagan stuff that I just, I love the internet just drawing Reagan shit. It's great. Yeah. Reagan on it. Oh, you shut your... <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good pun, and I'm so angry with you, you right you're now. The duelist. How could you? That's something I would expect from Andrew. That is something I would do. That is something I would do. That's why I'm angry. I didn't think of it. Oh boy. Okay. Number seven, uh, season six of My Hero Academia. It's a good season of My Hero Academia. Yay. Yep. Number six, Blue Lock. I am very behind on this, but I really liked what I saw of Blue Lock, and it seems like it's definitely a, a show that was worth the attention. Yeah. Number five, Spy Family. Wow, only in the top, only in the bottom of the top five. Wow. Uh, yo, yeah, Spy Family's great, and it's doing big. Mm. Yep. Uh, number four, Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. I've heard of the show. By the way, if anybody wants my opinion of what's the best of the 12 EDs, it's the Maximum the Hormone song. Mm. Yep. Number three. What? Dropkick on my Devil X. What? Yeah. Really? Really? Wow, actually? If five people buy the disc, they'll make another season. Uh, <laughs> man, that fucking Hatsune Miku deal paid dividends. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Alright. Number two. Both she's a rock. Like my pose! Like my pose! <laughs> Let's get some vibes up in here! Tequila shots! Oh my god. Yeah, fucking great on Bochi. That's that's awesome. Yep. And number one, possibly Hideo Kojima's favorite show of all time, Licorice Recoil. Licorice. It is like licorice, but it's licorice. Um, that was a good show. I watched that a cup like a month or so ago. That was a pretty good show. Those were very good girls. That was. I know people were mad about it not being canon gay, but like, there was literally like a sunset with lesbian flag colors, man. <laughs> like, it, it, they were going for it, even if they didn't like tongue tonsil hockey. It was a great show, though. I actually enjoyed that a lot more than I was expecting it to. Dub's very good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there was that. And now we're going to go to uh, light novels. First, light novels by series. And this comes to us from Ordicon. All we have is the top five because this information is getting harder and harder to find. Yeah, it, it's like, I like the more specific details, and it feels like it's always only top five and ten now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll just, uh, we'll just 
go with what we got. So, number five, Alia sometimes hides her feelings in Russian. Cool. Is that the actual title? Yes. Yes, that's the actual title. It's a rom-com between, like, a half-Japanese, half-Russian girl, and I think she just sometimes, like, hides what she wants to say when she speaks in Russian. I see. Yeah. And number four, Classroom of the Elite. Makes sense. Mm. Right. Number three, Overlord. Also makes sense. Both got new animes this year. Yep. Uh, number two, um, uh, Classroom of the Elite Year Two. The sequel series. Cool, cool, cool. Sure. And number one, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah, I I still like slime. I still got a debate on whether or not I got to go see the new movie. And now we're going to go to the light novels by volume, because there are some interesting uh, entries here. Again, five to one. So number five, uh, Licorice Recoil, Ordinary Days. Yeah, Licorice Recoil was very successful for for those who didn't know. Yep. Is that the regular manga, or is that like a... Light it's, novel. A, it's a light novel, so it's... Er, yeah. Well, I didn't know if the regular days thing was like a spinoff. It's it's an original series, so... Yes? Okay. Uh, number four. Overlord, volume 15. I think I heard that one's almost done. I remember saying that I think that was almost over. Okay. Uh, number three. Slime Time, volume 19. Cool. And number two, Overlord, Volume 16. Also cool. And number one, the novel of Suzume no Tojimari by Makoto Shinkai. Cool. Mm. So yeah, oh god, when is that? That's April for us, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay, fun. Alright, and so we move on to the top-selling manga series in Japan, which... I had to dig up a Reddit post just to find a top 10 list. Seriously, Oricon, what's up? I don't know. Anyways. Anyways, top yes. Top 10. Top 10. Starting with uh, number 10, which I can't believe I forgot to put this in here, but this is getting a big anime uh, very, very soon. Oh, fuck. You forgot to put that they announced the Kaiju, Kaiju number 8. Kaiju number 8. Okay, fuck. That one we actually should talk about, because they announced the studios for it. Yeah. So, I was under the assumption, just from a lot of hearsay, that I think that was going to be a Studio Bones project. It was not a Studio Bones project. It was Production IG and Kara? Yeah! Doing monster designs, I think? They're doing, like, the kaiju designs for that show in particular and might be doing a bunch of other support stuff on that project in general. Just, this is legitimately the first thing they have done post-Avangelion. Yeah, but I think the other interesting thing to note is uh, it's not coming until 2024. Honestly... Good. Is that, yeah, so, uh, yeah, which yeah, to it's good because uh, I like Kaiju Number Eight. It's good, but uh, it also runs on a very kind of uh, erratic schedule, and 
even though it's been out for a while, there is frankly not a lot of material. So, uh... Honestly, it seems like Shueisha and Jump are, like, book solid for, like, all the new things they're putting out in 2023. So letting some of the ones breathe for next year is fine by me. Yeah, give it all the time it needs. Don't worry. They'll 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 definitely bleed off some other productions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh number 9, we have Do Not Say Mystery. This is the uh, shoujo mystery thing that I think Seven Seas picked up, and that is apparently doing very, very well in Japan. I'm very curious about that one in particular. Good for them. Number eight, Chainsaw Man. Of course Chainsaw Man's doing very good. I'm very excited to see how well it's just going to do. Which, by the way, part two of that is still just as good. It's still very good. Chainsaw Man's... It's just good. It's just a good series. Number seven. Blue Lock. So, how many people were... I remember seeing whenever Japan won some games that they were literally saying Blue Lock is real. Yep. Which, I don't have time to go into all the layers that statement has. It, it, it was just a bit of fun bantering as we tried to uh, make light of a very uh, bad geopolitical situation. That is true. Oh, fuck, we forgot Sandland! Oh, shit. God, this is what happens when we don't do this for two months. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was announced, too, and uh, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll put a pin in that, we'll talk about it next time. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Um, so, so blue blue lock's good, and it's at number seven. Yes. Number six. Kingdom. Kingdom is still very good, and nobody here cares. I mean, Jet cares. Okay, you know what? Yeah, Jet, you care. I'm, I'm happy for Kingdom still doing very good. Uh, I don't know, maybe other people will get hired someday. Maybe. I don't know. God, I don't know if we're ever gonna see that manga brought over. That'll be that'll be a white whale in and of itself. Um, okay, yeah, no, oh, that's never happening there. It, it's, it's way too long at this point. God, how many volumes is it? I'm actually curious. Uh, keep going. Okay. Uh, number five. My Hero Academia. I know people have got some thoughts on the final arc, but I'm still, for the most part, enjoying it, and it's still very... I still have a good time reading it. Fucking hell, 66 volumes! Wow! That was my reaction to how many chapter... how many volumes of Kingdom there currently are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, the sixth season of the My Hero Academia is very good, and I actually really like the new OP and ED. Yep. It's been a while since I've seen Yutaka Nakamura do cuts for an OP at Bones. Yeah, so. uh, I'm deadly surprised they're already on Final Park material. It uh, makes me very curious how long the wait is going to be for Season 7. We will see. We will see. If they needed something to do in between time, I wouldn't mind a anime adaptation of Vigilantes. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we could all, I mean, you know, there's also, you know, more Bates and Journey they could do. We could get the Apollo Jets and stuff. Hmm. This is true. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, just as a little, um, clarification for all this, 10 through 6 were in the 3 to 3.8 million range. Uh, My Hero Academia was at 5.3 million. Now we're taking a big leap. We're at the 10 million club now. Number four, with 10.3 million, One Piece. So, as it turns out, I kind of was under the assumption One Piece has sort of hit its fucking peak. As it turns out, all they needed to do was introduce Uta. Yeah, pretty much. Like, wow, yeah. Was not expecting just adding an idol girl, like an actual idol girl, into the One Piece canon. I think somebody was joking that that Uta has showed up in more color spreads with the Straw Hats than like most of the most popular characters in One Piece, mm. which is pretty wild in and of itself. That was a good movie, though. Mm. Did we do a summer of the summer of the movies? Did we do a movie episode on that, or were we just talking about it in passing? I can't remember. Okay. I feel I feel like I talked about it with someone. I feel like I did too. I'm also, anyways. One Piece did very very good, and it still didn't even break the top three. No, nope, it did good, but these did better at ten point six million at number three. Spy Family. Yeah, Spy Family really did take the world by storm with that anime. Fucking good for the Forgers. Mm-hmm. There is so much fucking your Forger art now. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. All right, and number two, with 11 million sold, Tokyo Revengers. And the manga also has officially ended. To watch what I am told with very mixed results. Mm-hmm. New season's probably going to give it a good boost, too. Mm-hmm. And at number one, with a close margin of 12.28 million sold, Jujutsu Kaisen. This is kind of what I... This is kind of why I wish this was in a top 20 format instead of a top 10, because I feel like most of these are pretty... They're interesting, but they're kind of about what I would have expected. I feel like the 11 to 20 is when you get into the more, wait, what the fucks? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like you would probably get more of what the up-and-comers might be in the top 20. Mm-hmm. And definitely all the ones that got big anime boost too. So it wouldn't surprise me if stuff like Dress Up Darling was in that 11 through 20 range. Yeah. But we, we don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Okay. Now from books to uh, films. We're going to take a look at the top films of Japan's box office in 2022. Uh, specifically uh, as it relates to all of us. So we're just going to talk about uh, movies that uh, we've talked about here on this program, so we're not going to go over everything. But I do want to mention, at number six on the domestic films list, with uh, 4.44 billion yen, Shin Ultraman. 
Number five here on this list is uh, Kingdom 2 Haruka Naru Daichi E, which I think is a live action movie. I believe it is. I believe it's directed by the guy who's doing the My Hero Academia Netflix thing. We must have talked about that one, right? Probably. Honestly, I, I kind of forgot about that because uh, the new rule is if the cameras aren't rolling, it doesn't exist. I think the fact that it's going to be a Netflix thing might actually make it really exist. Well, then somebody better start rolling the cameras. Because I'm too tired of talking about all these projects that never happen. Fair enough. Mm. Anyways, uh, anyways, what was the fuck? Kingdom 2. Yeah. Kingdom Come. Did about 5 billion yen. Uh, Andrew, go to the corner. That was not even a bad one. That was like that was fucking baby's first pun. <sighs> I expect better from you than that. I expect quality and work. Fair enough. I didn't work. Yeah, sometimes look, <sighs> sometimes when you got a kingdom come, you're just a little bit lazy. I get it. It's sometimes you just gotta get <sighs> one out of your system. That's better. Now go to the corner. Thank you. I will. Okay, number four was about nine point seven eight billion yen. Detective Conan: The Bride of Halloween. Don't tell uh, Jack. And Detective Conan is so big. Yep. Actually, he's still small. I think. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, number three. With 10 billion yen as of Christmas Day 2022, Suzume no Tojimari. Cool. Which I, I believe I as of uh, now, as we've crossed over into the new year, it's past 12 billion. So uh, it is now the 10th highest grossing anime film of all time in Japan. And before I continue... The mention of the highest-grossing foreign film in Japan in 2022, with 13.5 billion yen, or $102 million U.S., was Top Gun Maverick. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I say that because, for, on the domestic side of things, with 13.8 billion yen at number two, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Wow. Wow. Yep. And at number one, which is the highest roasting film overall in Japan in, in 2022, with 18.78 billion yen as of Christmas Day last year, so a couple weeks ago, One Piece Film Red. It's really fucking nuts how big that one got. I guess it helped that it was like a. It was also pretty accessible for people because I saw that with Steph, who was who had not seen past Skypea, and she still had a good time. Uh, it was yeah, good. That, yeah, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. There you go. There are your films for the year, and now we come to the big one: the annual Anime News Network Mega Poll. God, speaking of me being sad that there's only the top ten for uh, this, I I wanted to know the nitty gritty, but we only get the the best of the top ten. I wanted to know the ones with the least. God, same, mm. same. 
it is a shame that they got rid of all that, but uh, but at least we have three lists. Actually, we have a best series, a best films, and a worst series list. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Let's talk about the worst ones first. Ten to one. This is a fair concession of not having the whole list. So here we go. Ten to one on the worst list of the year. Number ten. I've somehow gotten stronger when I improved my farm-related skills. Throw a carrot at a bad CGI dragon. I got it right this time, chat. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number nine. Housing Complex C. That's unfortunate. I've still yet to see that. I've heard good to mixed. I mean, it was only four episodes. Come on. Alright. Number eight. A couple of cuckoos. Yeah, it sounded like people were not were okay on this one, but definitely not too hot on it. Yeah. Number seven. Don't hurt me, my healer. This one seemed pretty inoffensive to me. Yeah. Number six. Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time Super Extra. I'm surprised there were people who remembered that. I think we were, like, the people that talked about it the most, talking about that one hot (laughs) elf girl, and trying to find out, did his sister want to fuck him or not? (laughs) I went very hard and extensive for that research. You went what? Okay, yeah, that that was a whole thing for the seasonal. Yeah, okay. Number five. Worlds and Harem. Oh yeah, that 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 was a thing. It was a thing. I, I I'm gonna go back a second, and I just I need to point out the fact that Andy said he went real hard and extensive for his Peter Grill. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, uh, look, I, look, I was trying really hard not to draw any attention to it, and he ruined it. Well, thank you for killing my boner, man. Jeez. <laughs> okay, then. Where the fuck? God, I'm so tired. All right. Speaking of boner killers, number four. Number four. Season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Even the fans didn't like it. That's how you know you got a good one. Was, uh, not great. No, number three, season two of Rent a Girlfriend. Speaking of masochists, Rent a Girlfriend fans, how you doing? Hope you're having a good day. Have you been to the water park lately? <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Number two. Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World. Oh god, I fucking forgot about this one, actually. Yeah, most people did. But Wait, wait, no. I was for I was thinking of a different show before I remembered which one Harem in the Labyrinth was. Uh, oh, I was also thinking of a completely different show. Were you thinking of the hidden dungeon only I can enter? Yes. Uh, fucking Christ. Okay, but of course, only one could be the worst of the worst, and unfortunately, this is not just a bad show, 
it was a disappointing show. Number one, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot describe how disappointing this one makes me, especially uh, learning what might have befallen the show in actuality. So, I remember watching uh, Jeff's Worst of the Year video, (laughs) and he basically said, if this anime killed any chances for a Spirit Circle adaptation, it will remain the worst one of the year. But the second that a Spirit Circle anime does in fact come into existence, then his actual worst anime of the year will be Freak Angels. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's a fair assessment, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, real disappointing. This sucks. Again, I really like. Uh, I really like. I really like basic hammer. It's a good story. It's a shame this happened. So I said something again. It might kill. Any chances of a spirit circle out of it? Apparently. And apparently, uh, I mean, I've taken with a grain of salt because apparently the because the posts are now gone, so we cannot be like inferred. But supposedly, uh, uh, so supposedly some stuff happened behind the scenes with that. Uh, apparently, they had to start production on that show over because. Someone high up on the animation team wanted to make a bunch of changes to the story and got vetoed and then took their work with them when they left, so uh, that that would honestly probably explain why the show looks as bad as it does. That certainly was an uh, oof indeed. Okay, so um... <sighs> I don't know what else to say about the show that hasn't already been Let's said. move on. It's... Let's move on. <sighs> Lucifer and the Pisca Hammer, go to the corner and think about what you've done. That is the worst thing I could possibly say to you. I'm not mad. I'm just really, really disappointed. Anyway, let's go Man. on to the best movies of the year per the anime. God, this Megapole. list is wild. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, number 10. Uh, Dragon Ball Super, superhero. Fucking what, mate? I don't know. Oh. Okay. Sure. Some people just don't appreciate a good himbo beast Gohan when they see it. I don't know what you want me to say. Especially if, with number nine, which I'm told is mostly recap. Yeah, number nine. Odd Taxi in the Woods. Um, yeah, I guess if you really wanted to know what happened uh, after Odd Taxi's ending, and I don't know why you would want to know that, it kind of literally defeats the purpose, but uh, if you want to know, uh, you can watch the movie, I guess. If you're the type of person who really could not stand the uh, not knowing what happened at the end of The Sopranos, this movie's for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Number eight, uh, Slime Time, Scarlet Bond. That comes out in theaters next week. I may or may not go check it out. Still a little peeved at my local theater screwing up uh, the number seven on here yeah, now that I'm looking num- at it. Number seven, the quintessential the, the quintessential quintuplets the movie. Yeah, um I'm still a little peeved that my local theater literally just 
giving the dub screening that I paid for, and it was just a sub one. I did like the movie though, and I, but it was just I was just annoyed about that, so I would have to either go out of the way if I wanted to see Scarlet Bond, since I don't trust my local theater anymore. Good movie though. Uh, glad to see it on here. Disappointing, it's not on five for reasons. Uh, number six, we have Bubble. I don't believe people liked Bubble more than Dragon Ball Superhero. Just fucking saying. Uh, uh, number five, <laughs> Fruits Basket Prelude. I still need to watch this, and I know people have complicated feelings about the source material for valid reasons. I'm still curious because it's Fruits Basket. Yep. Watch it. Number four, uh, uh, SAO progress schism of deep hurting, whatever. <laughs> SAO the movie progressive. God, how do you say that? Shearzo? Shearzo? Okay, yeah. The, the new progressive movie. Yeah. Okay, okay, what is this fucking list? How has anybody even seen this third one? I don't know, but apparently number three is Kaguya-sama Love is War, The First Kissed That Never Ends, a movie that came out in theaters in Japan, no joke, less than a month ago. Nobody who voted for that could have even seen this. The most you could have seen is been at the anime NYC panel where they showed the first 23 minutes. We're not reading these lists backwards. Are we? No, we're not. No, <laughs> no, we're not. Just you know, sometimes you gotta vet your sources because if you don't, you end up costing yourself a fan art section on TV. Like, yes, the movie came out in Japan this year, but it didn't come here this year. I don't know. Anyways, what's next? Don't steal art, kids. And don't send it to a programming block that airs it on TV at 12.15 in the morning. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, the One Piece fan art thing. Oh! Oh, that's where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah uh, don't steal somebody's fetish art from their Patreon and submit it as fan art. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. Anyway, number two. One Piece Film Red. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And number one, Laid Back Camp, the movie. It was an enjoyable watch. I, did I vote in this? I don't even think I voted in this. And how? Okay, yeah. Fucking cool. Uh, I'm not even upset. I'm just like, what? What is this I, fucking movie list? Yeah, it's confusing. It's very strange. I don't hate it, but it's very strange. Yeah, okay. And now we come to the best anime of 2022 per the ANN poll. Number 10, Maiden Abyss, The Golden City of the Scorching Sun, a.k.a. Maiden Abyss Season 2. I still need to actually get around to that. I need to finish it at some point. Yeah, I think I remember you saying you dropped it when it got really gross, and then the second you dropped it, it got way better. Oh, hey, we're, we're coming up to Alan Tsunami right now. Uh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Number nine, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. God damn it! I I know about the game, but fuck it. That anime was really good. 
It mm-hmm. actually was really good. Mm-hmm. Fucking Christ. To trigger an Imaishi to go above and beyond for a franchise that does not deserve it. Imaishi really is the goat of goats. Fucking Christ. <laughs> like, even if you don't like the scripts or whatever, his stuff's, his stuff's always fucking great. Alright, number eight. Attack on Titan. The final season, part two of three, maybe. Part two of three in 480p quality. Ten minutes each. Mm. (laughs) You remember those days, kids? Yes. They were awful. And somehow also better. Somehow also better. Number seven. Yeah. Number seven, Mob Psycho 103. You know what? It went out strong. I have, you know what? Good for Mob. Good for Mob. Mm-hmm. Number six, Licorice Recoil. I'd say that was probably one of the bigger surprise originals of the year, and it was very good. I, I quite liked it. Good, good for Licorice. Those bitches be gay. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> It also had, like, an actual, like, canon gay black guy there. Yep. Which I, I think that was my biggest shock, was that this very Yuri-adjacent girls-shooting-gun show had a canon gay black man who was not a joke character and was actually a very developed character. Mm-hmm. You'll have to see it. Mm-hmm. Number five, My Dress Up Darling. Great show. Marin and Gojo are delightful pair together. This was a very fun show. I'm excited for whatever the heck we get season two. Number four, Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. Yeah, it, it fucking nailed it. It fucking nailed it, and it's still really fucking good. I can't wait for the the movie that comes out. Yep. The movie, that was the number three best movie, despite not even being fucking out at the time of the point. Oh my god, okay. Number three, Bochy the Rock. The little fucking upstart indie band that could mm-hmm. take on the Giants. <clears throat> Yep, number two, Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining Bochi standing next to fucking Chainsaw Man, and it's a very funny image. I, I just feel the absolute abject, disassociative, out-of-body terror she would feel standing next to a ravenous man made of fucking chainsaws. I mean, uh, okay, okay. Okay, you say that, but she would, she would react the same way. She would just say that's a dead Or how about her standing next to the chainsaw dog thing? It'll basically end up sounding like this. I love the fact that that was not a edited, that was not post-processed, and that was just the genuine scream that the actress did, and that even the directors were like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Find yourself a manic pink-haired guitar player who can do a scream like that and T-pose in a Blender demo just for no reason at all. Bochy the Rock was good. 
And so was Chainsaw Man, yeah. which was also very good. And I see you motherfuckers out there. God, who's the pathetic motherfucker that made a chain, like, fix the anime petition? You stupid bitch motherfuckers. Yes, it's different from the manga, but the manga's still there and the anime adaptation is fine. When you're bitching about the fact that the goddamn guy who played Bakugo wasn't Denji, I realized you were full of shit. Shut your fucking whore mouths, goddammit. And finally, at number one, Spy Family. Bisexual stay winning. Good for you guys. Dang straight. Uh, yeah, Spy Family is great. And, yeah, yeah, this is... Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and now we come to our various home video releases, which means our show is almost over. But given how oh. given how many uh, releases we have to go through, we'll probably be here for another half hour. No, no, we won't. We'll no, 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 we won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see how far we go. Clock's running. Starting off with a release from G Kids coming out on February twenty first. Giovanni's Island. Cool. I don't know what this is, and I think it's production IG, but cool. Uh, cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. From Media Blasters, because they have a thing, out on February 21st is Night Hunter's Eternity. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. I'm glad they brought something to dinner. Yeah. But uh, there's more on this uh, buyanimate.com site from them. Wink, wink, if you're into uh, uh, Fatal Fury. There might be something there for you. Are you talking about Girl in the Shell? No, no, but that's also a very strange oddity in itself and. I I I, I guess, can't I can't I, get over the logo girl in like, the shell. I, I guess it's legally okay because it's a parody title, but nothing nothing to do with it. Porn parody laws. You love to see it. Yes. You never see it coming until it finishes. Corner. I'm back, baby. Uh, okay. <laughs> Did you fucks miss me? Moving on. From Viz, out on February 28th, Season 1 of Jujutsu Kaisen with the limited edition set that will come with the soundtrack. Be ready for the sticker shock. Its MSRP is $100. Yeah, I think it's also the first part. It's not even the full first season. Yes, uh, yes, it's the first part of Season 1. Pardon me. So, which makes that price a little more shocking. Uh, it is it, it is entirely because of the soundtrack. Yeah. It, it's a neat little addition, but yeah. Definitely a bit steep, even for like a first half. Element. Yeah. Um, if you want to, if you want a, I guess, price comparative version... Uh, the same release from Anime Limited is... Wh when is this coming out? It's coming out... Oh, it's been out. It's been out since May. You can buy it from their website for uh, 52 British pounds sterling, which in US dollars is $63.19. Hmm. 
Wow, that is though, wow. Okay. Though that is before uh, shipping, so you you might make up the cost that way. But uh, yeah, if you, if yeah, you have probably. the means, go for it. Cool, cool, cool. Also out on February 28th, it is the better re-release of Sailor Moon R. Hey. Mm-hmm. And now on March 21st, a Netflix title, Levius. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this. This was Polygon Pictures' We Have Megalobox at Home series, but it was also a manga that I think Viz has already, too. Mm-hmm. Which was a surprise, but not an unwelcome one. Which means, yes, Viz is still down for picking up things for home video from Netflix. Which is kind of why I think uh, Comey Can't Communicate is on the table for them. Yep. And uh, according to the trailer video on YouTube, because there is no listing on right stuff up yet... On March 28th, part one of season two of Yashihime with the LE that uh, some of you out there might like. Cool. And now we go to Crunchyroll for their March releases, starting on March 7th. Our first of four LEs from them in the month. Yeah, yeah, this is an interesting month for releases. Yeah, a lot of things got LEs. One thing didn't get anything special, but we'll get there in a moment. So, first, our first LE of the month out on March 7th, Heaven's Official Blessing. This is a very pleasant surprise for an LE, but you know what? I know people that would eat this shit up. This is a very pleasant surprise. I'm actually pretty happy to see this one get a nice LE. Good for the Heaven's Official Blessings fans. Good for you guys. And we have part two of season one of Jobless Reincarnation. That one's not an LE because part one was the LE. On March 14th, we have a pair of movies out. We have Sing a Bit of Harmony. Nice. I still need to watch this, but it is now on Crunchyroll, so I should get really get around to watching this. Yep. And we have Dragon Ball Super Superhero in the most plain release you could possibly imagine. Nothing special, no frills, and it's probably going to have some bad color and co- color uh, issues on the disc. It would not surprise me if there's going to be like some sort of like Best Buy exclusive version. They'll probably do like a steel book over there, but like this when I say bare bones, like this is it in Japan. It got a 4K release. Here, nothing. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. That's how I... I still, I'm still gonna get it at some point, but yeah. Yeah, just um, to all you out there who are gonna get it, if this does in fact have uh, the green tint, uh, you all have about two months to uh, download DaVinci Resolve, learn how to use it, learn how to rip your Blu-ray copy, and color correct it yourself. Okay. I'm not going to do that, but okay. It's a free program. But, but yeah, anyway. I'm still not going to do it. <clears throat> okay, fine. All right. On March 21st, we have another movie out. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. With a retailer-exclusive lenticular, which honestly kind of looks even more plain than the regular release, so what's the point? 
Just get the regular release. I, th I think the thing that's at least notable about that is that for some reason the uh that that the lenticular has the DVD, but the regular release is just the Blu-ray. Mm. So that's kind of odd. Yeah, that's weird. But uh, also out on March twenty-first, part three of season twelve of One Piece. So that is the end of the Zoe arc. Wow, I did not realize the physical releases were that far behind. Wow. Holy shit. Alright, and we come to Feb uh, uh not February, March 28th with a trifecta of LEs. One of which does not deserve it. Season two of Ari Fruetta. Yeah, Ari Fruetta is a very strange thing, but that one, I guess, did way better than people were expecting. Uh, sure, I guess. Uh, it's, it's for somebody. Yep. And we also have Attack on Titan, the final season, part two of three or maybe four, depending on how MAPPA's scheduling is. We don't know yet. I'm going to be real, I kind of thought you were going to say this was the one that didn't deserve the LE. I kind of thought this was I mean, this one at least will carry on for consistency's sake, so I have to give it that much. Fair enough. Yeah, fair. And lastly, we have Miruko-chan. Okay, this one I really did not see coming. Wow. I mean, I, I, I know people who like this show, but I'm like, wow. Horror-themed box art. And that's some pretty, like, freaky imagery in those cards. Jesus. That's a wild one. Heaven's official blessing is a pleasant surprise. I'm not too shocked about Ari Fruetta and Attack on Titan, but Miruko-chan getting an LE is like, wow, that's a, that's a deep cut. That was very nice, though. And now we have two months of slates from Sentai to talk about, starting with their March slate out on March 7th, Love and Lies. A new skew of Love and Lies. Oh, this one was released prior? I, I kind of forgot about that. This one was released... Love and Lies, I think, came out in, like, the mid-2010s. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, 2017. So, yes, this is a new skew First released in 2018. Okay, I got it. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> Especially if you don't care about the show, I get yeah. it. Yeah. What I do care about on March 14th is a new release of Watamode. This one actually is notable because people genuinely thought they lost the rights to this. So glad to see they still got the rights to this and are putting out a new skew. Yep. Hey. Now you now all of you can once again hear Monica Rial as the most insane girl who ever lived. The banger ass opening too. On I'm get my months mixed up. March twenty first, a new release of Kill Me Baby. Eh. Let me just take a look at the releases here. Um, first release back in twenty thirteen on DVD and twenty fourteen on Blu Ray, and here we are again, almost ten years later. Eh. Yep, very much eh. We have a new release here, uh, also out on March 21st. 
Sayuki Reload Zero in. This is the new Sayuki series going out on Blu-ray. Cool, cool, cool. And on March 28th, a very lewd steelbook of Chivalry of a Failed Knight. I know people really like this one, and... Okay, well, I'm probably not going to buy the steelbook of this for reasons. Yeah. And we go to April now for their uh, newly announced slate of... something. <laughs> April 4th has a new release of Fantasia Doll. Oh, that was a new thing. I thought that was that new key anime. Oh, wow, okay. I'd never even heard of this oh, then. Oh, I'm Shit. sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I misspelled it. It is Fantasista Doll. God, that's a very confusing title. Oh, that's a terrible... Um, I've never even heard of this. Wow. Plot summary. Uzume Ono is a young student and former champion of a trading card game competition. She is trusted with a special device containing six powerful Fantasista dolls. These dolls are sentient virtual beings who reside in cards which are now controlled by their new master, Uzume. What? First released on Blu-ray and DVD back in 2014. What the f- Okay. Here's the name. Created by Goro Taniguchi. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. What else is there? On April 11th, we have a complete set of To Love Rue. I mean, if you want all of it in one set, that's a cool place to have it. Yep. On April 18th, we have a new set. Ya boy Kong Ming. Ya boy Kong Ming's great. I'm definitely going to pick that one up at some point. And on April 25th, we have a steelbook of Gate. Really? Yep. Man, they're... This is two months' worth of releases for Sentai, and this is uniquely sparse, even for them. Like, I like, I, I like your boy Kong Ming, but, like, April has four new things. Like, their max is usually, like, five to six. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um... I'm not going to read too much into it right now, but I guess it's, yeah, pretty light. Well, as the end to this, uh, just because I saw it pull up here from uh, Nintendo Wire, uh, Bushy Road is publishing a review Starlight uh, visual novel game for Switch this year. Cool. So if yeah. you're into that, then there you go. And we end things off on Discotech's February slate, February 28th. We have season five of Symphogear. The final one, they committed to putting out all five seasons of Symphogear. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. We have Aim for the Ace. The Shoujo Tennis Show, which looks pretty fun. We have Ghost Stories. A new Blu-ray release with a commentary from Stephen Foster himself. Yep. And a restored comedy subtitles trick. Oh boy, yeah. 
They they know who they're marketing it to, let's be real. Yeah. We also have Common Rider Black. Hey, I'm told that's one of the really good ones. Yeah, and we have Oh god, this title. This title is unbelievably close. Okay, it is Fist of the North Star, Legend of the True Savior, Legend of Rao, Chapter of Death and Love, the movie. What a fucking title. You could have gotten rid of at least one of the subtitles. I would have probably opted to get rid of Legend of the True Savior. But Chapter of Death and Love is clunky enough, you could consider it. Uh, no, I would actually say keep the Savior part and remove the uh, stuff. The Savior part is actually kind of a bit more defensive than North Star. Really? Okay, cool. Either way, aggressively clunky title. But it is a brand new English dub from the lovely folks at Sound Caden Studio, with a lot of people who have familiar to the Fist of the North Star dubbing franchise in some form or another. And that's pretty goddamn mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And uh, just as one last addendum, if any of you out there have a hundred bucks to have a hundred bucks to burn, on March twenty fourth you can buy the fifth of five Gundam Reconquista in G movies. They did it. Uh, it's the last one. I'm good. Uh, amazing Tobino uh, committed to that. But, uh, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> Was that... Uh, that's everything. Uh, yay. And oh, Christ almighty. Hold it! Well, here's a late, late update for all of you, which is something I wouldn't normally do in this case. But uh, yeah, this show came out way later than I intended. It there's been a lot of stuff going on on my end that uh, caused me to push back working on this show, which, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get back into uh, editing shape. So, uh, yeah, just just for context, uh, we recorded our show on Tuesday, and it's this is showing up late Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, apologies for that. It's been a week. Also, let me mention the Golden Globes in a moment. Uh, that show did not end until 11.20 p.m. Eastern. We're not the only show that runs long, as I uh, like to say. So, uh, yeah, apologies for this being way later than I planned on it. Uh, here's open that next week uh, won't have these uh, tardiness issues. So, uh, yeah, enjoy our uh, rambling as we wrap this uh, show up. All right. Anyways, I'm ready to call it a yeah. night. We're not the only show that's running long. The Golden Globes are still going, and it's, it's 11.05 p.m. <laughs> Let, let's let's not beat the Golden Globes. Okay, let's, 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 let's wrap this up. So, uh, any final words before we head out of here for a while? Not really. Uh, we're back, bitches, and I'm tired. Yes. It has been... It has been... It has been... It has been... And as it has been, so it's shall been. so we shall be. So that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to this edition of podcast today, our first episode of the new year. Why did House of the Dragon win? Holy shit, I don't care. Anyway, I hope to come back next time. Hopefully, with less Golden Globes and Succession talk. So uh, until then, uh, uh, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Until next time, take care. Bye. Good night.